Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all moving high. Final hour of trading for the month of August. We are brought to you by... Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. U.S. stocks advanced after data underscored the resilience of the U.S. economy. Right now we have got the S&P up 15 at 24.72, up six-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 69, a gain of three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ is up 58, a gain there of nine-tenths of one percent. This morning, the U.S. Labor Department reported initial claims for unemployment benefits rose by 1,000 last week to 236,000. Claims are holding near the lowest since 1973. Michael Gapin is chief U.S. economist at Barclays Capital. Are very healthy. The claims data have been very consistent. The income and spending numbers in line with expectations. Household consumption looks looks fine. The real open question, as we've debated many times, is if and when does this materialize in, into stronger uh, inflation, or are we stuck in kind of a one and a half percent inflation environment that makes the Fed's job a little tougher going on? An unexpected decline in July contract signings for the purchase of previously owned homes shows the continuing impact of limited supply on the real estate market. The National Association of Realtors says its index fell by eight-tenths of one percent. Estimates were for a 0.3 percent gain. The 10-year up 3.30 seconds yield there, 2.12 percent. Gold up 11.40 the ounce, a gain of nine-tenths of one percent. Crude oil advancing 2.4 percent to 47 08 a barrel for West Texas Intermediate Crude and gasoline up 13.5%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much. Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business News Flash. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio. You know you make me break talk a little bit about a breakout and uh, why that relates to Dave Wilson and his chart of the day. Let's bring in our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, uh, Dave Wilson. Uh, you're talking about emerging markets having a breakout, which was a topic we were just talking about, emerging markets right here a little bit earlier. Well, there you go. I mean, great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came up in a posting the other day from Ryan Dietrich. He's a senior market strategist over at LPL Financial. And what he did is look at what's going on with emerging market stocks and sort of raise the question, is this uh, going to fade away or is it going to last? Now, he's kind of in the latter camp. And a big reason why is relative performance when you look at emerging markets versus U.S. shares. And he did that by tracking a ratio between the MSCI Emerging Markets Index and the S&P 500. And this month, we've seen that ratio at the highest reading since July 2015, so just a little more than two years. So that's why he figures what's going on with these emerging market stocks is a significant breakout, as he put it. That's just one piece that he mentioned. He also talked about valuations. You see that uh, if you look at price-earnings ratios, the MSCI Emerging Markets Index is sort of at uh, its its typical discount uh, relative to the S&P 500, something like 23% lower, which is about where it's been over time. 
and then beyond that, uh, a pickup in earnings growth within the uh, emerging market companies that are, are in the index. So, you know, he, he sees this as, you know, potential to uh, go on for a while and, and, you know, put it all together. And that's why, you know, this uh, comparison with the U.S. markets, uh, it, it gets your attention. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Yeah, a lot of people have been looking at the emerging market area because of that uh, outperformance that we've seen. We actually spoke with Ryan Dietrich uh, yesterday right here on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Stocks Editor Dave Wilson uh, sticking around. We also want to bring in uh, our own Carl Riccadonna, our chief U.S. economist with Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house uh, group of analysts. Um, Carl, a lot of economic news and some upbeat economic news today. Yes, so the uh, July personal income and spending data showed that uh, we're on uh, a decent uh, heading as we headed into the uh, back half of the year, although we did see further backsliding uh, in the uh, core inflation numbers, uh, which certainly will be not a, uh, not be a uh, welcome development for uh, Fed officials. Uh, that was a main data release. Uh, we, uh, you know, and we're focused on these more uh, because uh, we're about to go into what I'll call a uh, data brownout uh, because of uh, disruptions related to the hurricane. So, for instance, we had jobless claims this morning. That's probably the last clean read you get. Uh, I would not be surprised to see a backup of as much as a hundred thousand uh, over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, on top of that, uh, tomorrow's motor vehicle sales data will uh, likely be impacted by lost selling days, uh, and then we're going to enter this uh, really about a two-month period where a lot of economic data uh, gets distorted for one reason or another due to fallout from uh, from the hurricane. Boy, Carl, what does that do to the Federal Reserve? We've got an upcoming meeting in September. Um, will the Fed, does the Fed have a tendency to kind of play it safe and cautiously, especially when there's been... You know, I'm trying to think after, you know, Hurricane Sandy or after Hurricane Katrina, you know, do they kind of hold back a little bit to make sure everything kind of goes along smoothly, especially as these regions try to rebuild? That's not historically been the case. Of course, they're very carefully watching what's happening in the data. And if it looked to be materially impacting the the growth prospects or inflation prospects for the economy, they would respond uh, accordingly. But if we go back to, uh, for instance, uh, Hurricane Katrina, uh, the Fed was in this gradualist uh, tightening mode, I think 17 consecutive uh, 25 bit uh, rate hikes. Uh, and when uh, Katrina struck, uh, they did not deviate uh, from that uh, gradualist path. And it was uh, steady as she goes, uh, so to speak. And uh, so the, the, the issue here is uh, the Fed uh, at the September meeting is broadly expected to announce the start of the balance sheet unwind. And, uh, the, you know, there's questions whether uh, either fallout from the hurricane or a potential standoff over the uh, debt ceiling uh, in early October could uh, cause them to shy away from those plans. Uh, I don't think that is the case. While the hurricane is going to have devastating effects on the uh, local economy in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, historically, uh, when we've had these uh, major uh, storms and uh, natural disasters, uh, it does not dramatically change the overall GDP trajectory because rebuilding uh, actually provides a, a significant boost to uh, output. Right. You get a pullback, but then you get some upside uh, as, the, as the rebuild uh, exactly. goes on. Hey, a preview tomorrow, the monthly uh, jobs report. What are we expecting? Uh, we're expecting a, a looper because uh, August tends to be a very quirky month. 
Uh, August payrolls tend to come in below the recent trend. Uh, they tend to come in uh, significantly below consensus expectations, uh, and then they s- tend to be uh, revised uh, meaningfully higher over the, the subsequent uh, revisions. So uh, the the moral of the story here is don't take the August payroll print at face value. Consensus is 180. Uh, my team is looking for something closer to 160 in light of all these flukes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, we think the hiring trend is actually accelerating. It just won't be evident in the August payroll data. Uh, and and on top of that, uh, we are looking for the unemployment rate to edge a tenth lower. That'll be a new post-recession low of 4.2% if it does materialize. Well, certainly a focal point uh, for everybody ahead of the holiday, long holiday weekend. Hey, Dave Wilson, we have uh, some earnings after the close. Lululemon, so some things to watch uh, for uh, in about an hour or so. Yeah, a couple of results, but uh, I mean, things are definitely slow uh, because we're in that interim period you know, between reporting seasons, it'll be a couple of weeks before uh, companies really say anything about how they're doing in the third quarter. And then, of course, you know, we get to October, we, the cycle begins anew as it inevitably does. Uh, so for the moment, it's a matter of perhaps of more focus on the bigger picture for the economy, which means the job numbers get plenty of uh, uh, scrutiny. And then beyond that, what does it mean in terms of central bank policy? So the bigger picture issues may get more attention at this point. Right. And always important to hear what those uh, chief executives, the C-suite, has to say about the economic outlook uh, and maybe some of the uh, impact, too, of uh, Hurricane Harvey. All right, guys, thanks so much. Our Bloomberg Stocks Editor Dave Wilson. Dave will be along a little bit later on with his stock of the day. And, of course, our thanks to our Carl Riccadano, our chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, both of them back in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York. I'm Carol Master, live at the U.S. Open in Flushing, Queens, right here on Bloomberg. Once again, a check on your latest world of national news headlines. Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Carol. Housing will be the toughest long-term challenge for victims of Tropical Storm Harvey. That is what Vice President Mike Pence is saying as he tours Rockport, the Texas Gulf City that saw the brunt of the damage as Harvey came ashore as a Category 4 hurricane. It's a long way to go. It's not months, but it's years. White House Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert says more loss of life is expected in the post-Harvey recovery. He says about 100,000 homes are affected in the Harvey damage. Bossert says the White House will submit its aid request to Congress shortly. The northern Iraqi town of Talafar has been declared fully liberated from Islamic State. Iraqi Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi made the announcement today, further shrinking the territory held by militants who overran nearly a third of Iraq three years ago. The Iraqis have achieved a stunningly swift and decisive victory in the city of Talafar, west of Mosul. Lieutenant General Stephen Townsend speaks for the U.S.-backed coalition against Islamic State. President Trump is expected to end the Obama-era Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA, It's the program that protects so-called dreamers, the children of unauthorized immigrants from being deported. Unidentified people, I should say, familiar with the situation, tell McClatchy the president will probably allow those dreamers to stay in the U.S. till their work permits expire. House Minority Whip Steny Hoyer says he's deeply concerned by this report. He says ending the DACA program would undermine the economy as a whole. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. In Washington, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.